Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com mailbag podcast. Glad to have you along with us. As course, as always, be sure and check out our friends at Blue Water Climate Control. You can check them out online at BlueWaterClimateControl.com or give them a buzz at 865-299-2290 to make an appointment. You can make that appointment online as well. But hop on their website and read their reviews and find out the latest that they have offering for everybody and find out what they do best. And what they do best is they make the right repair the right way the first time. So call the guys who are going to do it that way the first time at Blue Water Climate Control. Be sure and uh, tell them that you're a VolQuest listener. They'll take care of you as well as a way of showing their thanks to all the good folks at VolQuest.com for their support at Blue Water Climate Control. All right, guys, let's jump right into the um, questions here on the mailbag edition of the podcast, and we'll start right out of the gate. Here's a surprise. Um, do you see us, Tennessee, getting involved with any new entrants in the transfer portal uh, from a football standpoint, in particular the guys from Auburn now that Garner is on staff? He's obviously asking about Jay Hardy. Austin, we've addressed the Jay Hardy situation. It does not feel like Tennessee is going to go in that direction at this point. Um, you mentioned on the board on Wednesday night a direction Tennessee could potentially go with a new entry into the transfer portal on the defensive line. Yeah, Dejon Terry, um, kid originally from uh, Meridian, Mississippi, Brent. And, um, you know, I think new Rodney Garner coming out of high school um, and, and, and ended up at Kansas, uh, you know, it would make a lot of sense if, 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 if that, you know, kind of married together now um, gets him back closer to home, um, right. A little more uh, feasible for family to come to games, that type of thing. But no, I, you know, Jaron Handy, Jay Hardy. Um, I, I know fans sometimes, you know, just, you know, oh, he, he, you know, he was a four-star. He was a five-star. Like there's the, you know, the kid from Michigan. who was a five-star from IMG linebacker class of 2017. And class of t- 2017 was literally the class with Jacoby Stevens and T Higgins. And, you know, T Higgins is about to enter his second year in the NFL. I mean, I, just cause you were a five-star coming out. Don't mean you're a five-star now. I mean, that, that that's so irrelevant. Cool. You know, right. Yeah, perfect. Aubrey Solomon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, great, example. great example. You know, so, I mean, like, my thing is, like, you know, sometimes I got, you know, you take Javante Payton, you know, I, I, I look at Tennessee, and, and I think, you know, they're okay at wide receiver, but I, I'm not the coach. I, I'm not the person that, you know, sees them every day in practice, you know. So, if, if, if this staff feels like they need some more help at receiver, obviously that's what they felt like, and that's what they went out and got. So, you know, um, you know, Dejon Terry is a guy that, you know, I think, you know, would make some sense if Tennessee elects to, to go to the transfer portal. They've got at least one more spot, potentially more. But I think at that point you're looking at Robin Peter to pay Paul and taking away from the 22 class. And I don't think that's something they really want to do unless it is somebody that, you know, really stands out. Well, and don't you think if they go any further in the transfer deal, they're probably not looking to take any more one-year transfers? That, yeah, they want to get guys with multiple, years. multiple and, years. And Terry's got three. Right. You know, Terry's got three years left. Right. And in, in regards to Dejon Terry, folks listening at home, this is the same guy who casually dropped Javante Payton's name into the chat on Monday night. No, talking about Austin. Yeah. Talking about AP. <laughs> he, Terry's a good story. I mean, from a standpoint, if you do a little research on him and – I did a little research on him when his name hit the portal. Um, and, and he's a guy who played one year of high school football. And uh, he's a guy who's lost 60 pounds during his time at, at Kansas. And 
um, has, has completely changed himself. So we'll see what, what happens there, but that certainly um, would, would be bear watching as he's officially in the portal at this point. I don't think he's going to drop a whole lot. I think he's just going to probably drop Austin where he's going to go to school. I don't think it's going to be a recruitment necessarily process with him where he goes through and, you know, this guy offered me, that school offered me, that type of thing. But we'll see how he elects to play it. I did notice this today. Did you guys remember the big kid from UAB that played nose or played defensive tackle whenever Tennessee played UAB? They didn't play him this year. It was the year before, right? Yes. Yeah. It was when Jeremy was here with Bill Clark. Yeah. Remember the big guy that they had? They had a, I can't remember his name, but they had a really huge um, defensive tackle um, in, in their – Big guy that that really worked on Brandon Kennedy, big heavy guy um, that that worked on Brandon Kennedy. He's in the portal. I didn't know he was in the portal. The only reason I knew is he was tweeting out his latest offers, and uh, Michigan and um, Ole Miss had both offered him um, recently. But he was he was a big kid who could who could go pretty good, um, pretty good player. I think his last name is Fair, something like that. To to recap, to recap, he's a really big guy. He is big. I said that like twelve times. He's a really big guy, AP. How, how big a boy are you? He was a huge. He was a huge guy. How big a boy are you? Thanks, Roy D. Thanks, Roy D. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm moving on. I'm sorry. All right. I couldn't think of his name, so I was just <laughs> rambling on. Next question. Um, why do you think this coaching staff wants to take another receiver from the portal as opposed to using that spot on another defensive transfer? Is it a lack of talent at the receiver position outside of a few? Or is it more that they'll be running fast-paced offense? They're likely to use more receivers um, and want as many talented playmakers as possible. So I think you hit it on this more a little bit, but why are they taking Javante Payton? Well, more speed. Um, a, a guy that's played receiver for you know all is he of fast? His football. Is he life. really fast? Is Javante he's four really four. Fast? He's, yeah, he's four four type guy. <laughs> so he's really um, fast. He's, is what you're saying? He's not a he's not a big guy. Like, <laughs> but he's really fast. I don't know his name like that. But I do know this kid's name. <laughs> Um, you know, and so, um, so, you know, again, like what, what I, or, you know, C Laney 88 or, you know, ball fan forever, whoever think, you know, this team needs and what the the actual staff needs. I mean, at some point you got to trust the staff, you know, I mean, I'm always giving Navy guy a hard time on the board because, you know, like, you know, Navy guy, I'm always like, so, you know, more than Josh Hype. Like so, so, so you're saying you know more than Josh? I mean, like I don't know more than Josh Heupel. I mean, Josh Heupel looks at him every day. If he feels like I need wide receiver help, then they obviously feel like they need wide receiver help. I think more of the, more more than anything, Brent, it's just that they need experience. And 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 everybody's going to go. Well, he only played two years. He only caught twenty balls last year, whatever. But it don't matter. He's practicing that position. He knows the position, route running, all those type things. Um, more so than some of these other younger kids who didn't play that position up until a year and a half ago. You know, so, I mean, I, I think Tennessee likes some of their young wide receivers, but I also don't think that they're, you know, it's kind of like the quarterback position. I think they are they, they like some of what the quarterbacks give them, but they're not, you know, just in love that to the point where, you know, it's the end-all, be-all. I mean, if they feel like they can get more help, Joe Milton, Javante Payton, they're going to do it. And, again, Tennessee has the spots in this class to be able to do that. And, you know, I, I don't think, you know, you, it's, you know, age, you know, age old adage, you can't take, you know, take, can't take your money with you when you're gone. You can't take your scholarships with you, you know, uh, you know, after a certain point either. So you, you really have to try to fill those spots up because I mean, look how many spots to be under the 85 as we know it. 
Well, and, and Rob, I mean, I think that they're looking at, I mean, they're not looking at winning 10 games, but you know, if, if they can win enough to get everybody's attention, I think that's a big deal, which is part of the reason yes. why you're seeing them um, heavier in the transfer portal, Rob, than I thought they would be in, in year one. But again, with the way the transfer portal is going to get multi-year guys, which they've got in a couple of these guys, I think that's, that's changing the transfer life as well, because yeah. it's not just for one season. I mean, a couple yeah, of them yeah. are, but not all of them. But I think there's obviously a, you know, win now mentality. I mean, not, you know, I don't think, again, not nine or 10 games, but just to, you know, not to have, not to come in and, you know, treat it like a total rebuilding job where, you know, nothing really matters in, in year one or, or God forbid year zero, if, if that were the case. So, I mean, I, I think that them being aggressive in the portal shows that, you know, they feel like they've got some pieces in place, but they also have some gaps. And I think, you know, trying to fill them I and mean, Trimley's not a fantastic, you know, just a fabulous college football player, but he's a solid guy from a power five program who is a severe position in need. I mean, same with um, the kid from Kansas. And, and I'm, I'm with AP on um, taking the, the kid from Mississippi State. That that's that to me is a reflection of Josh Heupel having a better feel for his roster than fans do. All right, let's move well, on. To, go ahead, AP. I, I was just glad that you know to to Brent's point, like in in, in Rob's too. Like, and I told Brent this on on Wednesday. Tennessee, you know, Tennessee ain't going to win ten games this year. Like that's far fetched. But what Tennessee does have to do, they have to have that lane type year where they they win seven games. And then in the rest, they're competitive. They don't get run out of the gym. I mean, you know, like Jeremy, don't like Jeremy, whatever. Jeremy either won the football game or he got beat by 30. I mean, like, there was no in-between. Like, can you be competitive against some of your bigger rivals? I, I'm, I'm not for moral victories, but at the same time, you got to run or you got to walk before you can run. And so can this team learn to, to compete for a full 60 minutes and, and stay with a team, even in a loss? You know, that, that, that to me is a good reflection of, of what kind of growth they have this year. All right, to the hoops world we go. Rob, do you see someone on Rick's staff figuring out how to utilize the name likeness image? I know it's not on Danny White's priority list, but I would think Rick will have to figure that out to continue to recruit on the same level he has been recruiting. No, not at all. I don't think that'll be the job. I mean, you, I'm sure you probably had the same opinion. I don't think that's going to be the job of anybody on – Rick staff or Josh Heupel staff. I think that directive is going to come from the athletic department and it'll be, you know, it, it will be a policy that applies all across the athletic department. Would yeah, you not I mean, think that's the case? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's a managed thing. That's an athletic department wide. Now, does that mean that Danny White takes some input from particularly, uh, you know, the, the basketball world and the football world and conversations? Yeah. I think that there's some input there, in terms of creating the policies and, and what all they're going to do, you know, and, and, you know, the staff for both of those programs have to have a great feel for, for Tennessee's policy so they can address that and, and look at that moving forward. And I, I know what Danny White told me on the record, and, and that was a, you know, straight transcription of what he said. I also know that he, he's got a couple people on his staff that have done some preliminary stuff on name image likeness. Um, that doesn't mean that they have got their policy in place and they're not going to have their policy in place until they understand what the NCAA's policy is going to be. And of course, then the SEC is going to step in and, and be there. I mean, there's going to be multi layers to that. So that's why there's not a quote policy done at this point. 
but there have been with Danny White's staff, there's been discussions there. That's something that they have brought up and, and he's got some people who are directly involved in, and monitoring that and looking at that. The question I asked Danny White was, are you going to hire an outside firm, you know, to, to help you with that process like Georgia has done and some other schools have done. And, and that's when he said it wasn't at the top of his radar list right now. That doesn't mean it's been completely ignored uh, to this point. So uh, we'll see how all that plays out. That, that whole deal has a long ways to go um, to, to get any kind of formal policy in place, not just at a school level, but at conference level and a national level as well. It'll get there, but it's, it's still a ways away from, from being there at, at this particular point. But to the, to, to the, the poster's point, you got to know sort of direction you're going because it is being brought up in recruiting. Um, it's being discussed in recruiting. You have uh, prospects bringing it up and, and, you know, you got Austin, I think Tennessee's even done some, some preliminary type presentations about some of it with recruits out there because it's been discussed and it's being discussed. Well, and you have to moving forward. Right. Yeah. I mean, school schools have been doing this with, with kids for months. Right. So if Including you're not Tennessee. doing it. Yeah. If you're not doing it, you're falling behind. Like, because you don't think that's a real eye opener when a school sits down and goes, Hey, here's our plan for name image likeness and how you can make money and blah, blah, blah. These kids are like, cha ching, cha ching. Right. And then, you know, if a school rolls in there and goes, Hey, here's some cool edits. And when you get here, we're going to send you to class and get you a degree. And everybody's like, <laughs> You got to address it. There's no question. Uh, back to football we go. Given Hardy's physical potential, and our and losing two incoming defensive linemen, um, twenty-two class looking rough. What's more likely, the never-ending investigation identified concerns during his recruitment. Uh, we have a number of twenty-one. We have a twenty-twenty-one numbers problem. Rodney Garner just doesn't like him. I would lean towards the fact that Rodney Garner coached him at Auburn, and if he don't end up here, then I'd say. Rodney Garner saw something he didn't like, Brent. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that that's that I, it's not an investigation deal. He's not a part of any investigation. Um, they don't have a numbers problem at this point. It's and this staff don't care how he transpired when he came out of high school. They and, don't I mean, care about any of that. I don't think it's overwhelmingly seen when they're taking a, you know, one defensive lineman already or likely to be ready to take another one and have it moved on Hardy. I mean, I think it's pretty apparent. Yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly um, that's the that's the direction. I mean, I, I agree with you that that's that's what it what it certainly looks like. Um, Austin, I see schools pushing out lots of social media content about their summer camps. Haven't seen any from Tennessee. Tennessee is planning summer camps, right? Uh, one other question: What kind of prospect is Alcoa cornerback athlete Isaiah Bryant? I've not seen Isaiah, or you know, enough to. To, to have an opinion on him. Um, yeah, Tennessee's having camps. They start June 1st. And uh, I would say you'll see uh, Jalen Lewis, Anthony Brown, uh, Knox West Corner, um, Rob Name, your boys. Shannon Blair. Yeah, Shannon Blair. Oh, um, AP forgot a name. At least, you didn't, <laughs> uh, at least you didn't say he was a fast corner the whole he's time. A, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a tall corner. Man. He's really tall. Um, uh <laughs> uh, I think you'll see those guys camp June 1st, um, and, and then we'll see who else. I think some of these younger kids, the 23s, AC, Mason, Young, some of those guys will be here as well. But, yeah, Tennessee starts camps on June 1st, and, you know, we uh, 
you know, we'll have it in the war room, but I would expect Tennessee to do some type of night uh, camp as well to make kind of an event for uh, prospects. Yep. And um, obviously they've been pushing kids individually uh, to try to make sure that they're coming to camp and get them here as early as they can. There'll be camps the whole month of June. We've talked about it. June's going to be crazy with a number of official visits, not just for Tennessee, but for everybody around the country, unofficial visits plus camps. Um, It's going to be a wild, wild month of June, really hectic month for all recruiting offices in the month of June. All right. Three questions here. Uh, considering the film of the recent defensive grad transfers, uh, Tremblay and Mitchell, as well as some of the 22-23 offers targets, do you see the emergence of key elements of Banks, Rodney Garner's philosophy being revealed? In particular, would an emphasis be placed on attacking defense, such as stealing possession with negative plays, uh, reflecting a change in player evaluation profiles in terms of their measurables? In other words, are we, that we are targeting at various positions. I guess bottom line he's asking here, you know, Tremblay at 270 pounds as a defensive tackle, does that reveal a change in philosophy of what Tennessee's looking for in their defensive line? Same thing to be said for, um, you know, some other guys at linebacker and some other places like that. Um, yeah, I, I, it does feel like, Brent, that they're going to, get a little more twitchy if they can get a little more twitchy. I mean, like, you know, defensive line, linebacker, um, you know, Tennessee right now has got a bunch of, you know, hosses up front, you know, with, with guys like, you know, Aubrey Solomon and, you know, people like that. I mean, they're wanting to get Elijah Simmons down another 20 pounds. I mean, like, you know, that it seems like to me they're wanting not – I mean, not to get smaller, smaller, but to get smaller than they currently are. Rob, if you if you're looking at this defense and you're Tim Banks and you come in and you, and you see what you have, I think one of the first things you look at, particularly in the front seven, is where's the explosiveness coming from? Who, who, who where where is the explosiveness against the run and, and and obviously rushing the passer as well? And I think that's something they're trying to address. I agree. I mean, who's gonna who's gonna create negative plays? I mean, not just quarterback sacks and, and pressure, but you know, who's gonna be a guy that can shoot a gap and, you know, drop the running back for a one-yard loss on, you know, second seven. I mean, I, I think that is a, a question that it, we don't know the answer to yet. I mean, Tyler Baring, can he be that guy? Was Roman Harrison, does it click for him moving to, you know, inside at linebacker? I just – I mean, yeah, I think if you're Tim Banks, it's, you're, you're very worried about being able to, I guess, you know, affect the opposing team with, with negative plays and, you know, create some chaos. Yep. And I think that's what you're seeing from them in recruiting. That doesn't mean they're going to be the tiniest defense out there, but I don't think that you're going to see a bunch of gap control, 345 pound or 340 pound defensive lineman out there. Um, I, now that doesn't mean they're not going to play with a 300 pound lineman, but I can see them playing with one big defensive tackle and their other defensive tackle might be a little bit, a little bit smaller. You know, we've certainly seen that through the years at Tennessee with various defensive coordinators. So, um, you know, I, I think Tim Banks said it best throughout the spring, and that is still trying to figure out what they do best, try to put a plan together. And then I think they're trying to address some of the things they don't feel like they can do well enough that they want to do. And I think you're seeing them try to address that in, in the transfer portal and in recruiting as well. Um, also, you touched on this a little bit, but I think it's a good question. How do you think recruits and boosters view wins and losses? Example, we could win some high-scoring games this year, hopefully, and in some games where it's decided a decided mismatch, our pace of play could get us blown out. Does it matter to recruits? Does it matter to boosters? Um, and, and this is a, back to what you were talking about. 
that lane type year, if you will, that, that you're competitive. And, and I think that's important. Um, and, and you guys may disagree, but, but we were, Austin, you and I were talking about this. I mean, you go back to Lane's year at Tennessee, R- Rob Austin and I were talking about this earlier today. Um, the, the most noted game from that year, black jerseys on Halloween, because there were black jerseys on Halloween, and then probably a 16-14 loss to Alabama is more yeah, talked and, and, about than the Georgia win, you know? I was going to say, beat Georgia, and, you know, they didn't have a shot in, in hell at beating Florida, but that was a really, really good Florida team, and they kept it respectable. Now, I think Lane was a little gimmicky with how he, you know, milked the clock and you know, played, played keep away, oh. but, but that was a game where, you know, I, I, I vividly remember, you know, I, I think I picked something like 56 to 10, or something as, as the final score. I, I don't remember what the final score was, but I know it, it didn't get out of hand. Yeah. And, and See, I think, I, 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 think pace of, or I think the style of play could help Tennessee Brent. I mean, look at, look at Ole Miss last year against Alabama. I mean, like when you can score, you can score. It's just, you, you, Tennessee can't have a game where they score 17. Like, you know, if you can cons- consistently score, even if you end up giving up a ton of points and losing, you know, you can stay with teams and stay in games as long as you're able to put up points. Well, so, think, to me, it's all about Tennessee's quarterback play and their ability to put points on them. I think if Tennessee scores, you know, gets beat in, in a game where they score 40 points, I, I think fans will be okay with that. I mean, hey, we're, we're competitive. We got to, you know, we got some things to fix, but this this is fun to watch. And Austin, do you think from recruiting from a recruiting standpoint, it, I mean, it's a big deal to stay close with some of those guys and not get blown out. Oh, I, I think so. Um, I, I think just – I think offensively, though, if you can put up points, there's going to be enough excitement, you know, around, you know, to, to, to make it to make it exciting. And make it entertaining for, and, and, and yeah. attention-getting for people. I agree with that. I mean, Especially after these last few years, offense, the fans have been watching just trash. Yeah, I mean, just the inability to score points and the inconsistency. I mean, there's, it's not felt like Tennessee put any pressure on defenses. You know, I mean, their best play. I mean, they won at Auburn, but they won at Auburn on a bunch of jump balls. You know, um, so can 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 they have an offense that goes out and effectively um, really causes problems for a defense and really puts stress on a defense, which we've just not seen enough of. And again, a lot of that goes back simply to quarterback play. Um, and, and if Tennessee can get better quarterback play, that will certainly help greatly there. Um, is Tennessee in serious contention contention for? The linebacker uh, Sneed from Hilton Head. He just named Tennessee in the top five. They're hanging in there, but it looks like that kid's going to go to Notre Dame. Okay. I mean, they're in it. The, the thing is, like, they're in it, like, for Branson Robinson. They're in his top five for Jalen Sneed. But it feels like they're running four or five for those kids. Yeah, it does at this point. And, again, will, they, will those guys stay – on the market long enough for Tennessee to get somebody's attention or will all those guys be, you know, off the market come the end of summer with, with decisions being made. I think that's the challenge too there. All right. Which helps teams win more ga- helps this team win more games, uh, getting a player from the transfer portal, an offensive playmaker or a defensive stud, which is more important. I, you know, I, I think that obviously they've addressed, you know, with Peyton taking another offensive playmaker. I don't think they can take enough defensive linemen in the transfer portal. They don't have enough numbers to take enough defensive players in the transfer portal to, to, you know, to fill the holes and fill the issues they have on defense at this point, depth and everything else. I just don't think they can take enough. I 
emphatically agree. And I think they I think they've got playmakers on offense. I mean, I think if they can get just competent quarterback play, which we haven't seen in a while, but just decent quarterback play, I think they've got the pieces in place to, to put up some numbers. Yeah, I do here's too. your question. Here's your question. Do you find it interesting that a couple of these kids are one for one type guys? like Tremblay or Javante Payton. And, I mean, the likelihood is Tennessee won't be going to a bowl game this year. I mean, and do you find it odd that those kids that only have one year left or, you know, or, you know, do you think those kids understand that Tennessee may not be going to a bowl game this year with, with imposing? Sure. You know, if any other program in the country was recruiting them, I'm sure that's been brought up. Oh, absolutely. Here's the thing I think we know. Bowl games outside of the playoff deal. The playoff. Or just not a big deal. Just not as big a deal to players. I think that's why you see more kids, more and more kids opt out of bowl games because they'd I, I, rather have that film of playing the SEC schedule. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they, yeah, these guys want to have, um, you know, the tape of being a, in an SEC on an SEC roster and and playing and significant playing time against you know in the best league to try to help themselves you know, get, get to the NFL. I mean, they see it every year, Rob, SEC has more players drafted than any other kind. We saw it on, I mean, we talked about this in, in the pod earlier this week, but I mean, you, you saw a great example of that. I don't know if Hype and his staff have used it, but how much money did Josh Palmer make for himself by uh, scored two touchdowns when he got behind Patrick Sertain and, and Tyson battle? Yep. No question. Yeah. I mean, th- those, those two guys, I mean, those, those plays right there put him on people's radar. I mean, the, uh, I mean, I saw a story in L.A. out of uh, Los Angeles about how the Chargers, you know, they were watching they were watching Patrick Sertan and they were watching, um, you know, the, the 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 Tyson Campbell kid at, at Georgia, and they said, "Well, who, who's five from Tennessee that kept getting behind them? You know, they had good days against them." I bet that didn't happen very often. No, and and so that's you know those things helped him more than anything else. Um, when it comes to that, and, and obviously the senior bowl as well. Um, Austin, do you see the staff going after a defensive back in the transfer market? I don't see that going on right now. Do you? No. DB? I, I don't. I, I don't I know that don't. there's anybody in the in the portal that Tennessee would have any real interest in at defensive back either. I don't know everybody in the portal, but I haven't seen a name that got, that's, you know, kind of jumps out there that, that um, I mean, the, the kid that's leaving Georgia is going to LSU. Now, everybody would take yep. him, but he's going to go to LSU. Um, well, and that's is like the to me the transfer portal and the one time transfer is just set up to help the teams that are already winning because like if you're if you're kind of an under recruited guy and you end up going someplace that you know is not that great and then you ball out what are you gonna do you end up going to the better program after a year or two or if you're a kid that's like from a like let's say like from like this kid's from New Orleans, he goes to Georgia, and then what happens? He plays enough to show stuff on film, and then the home state Tigers call, and he's like, oh, and he goes right back to LSU. So I mean, I, I again, I think this it just helps the home team or helps the program that's already had success in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I think I think in a lot of ways that does that's the case as well. All right, two questions left, and we'll, and we'll get out the door here quickly. Austin, uh, Trinity Bell, um, a recovery coming along okay. What position do you see him getting a look at first? Uh, you know, if I was to say I play him on defensive line, I can still see them starting him at tight end um, because let's face it, I mean, what are kids going to do if you don't give them their way? They're going to 
I'm going to go to the portal. Uh, you know, so I I could see him starting a tight end, but I think ultimately he's a defensive lineman. I think he could make a lot of money on the defensive line. Yeah, I don't disagree with that um, as well. I, I think that's where I would go with him too at, at some point. All right, last question here. Who's the most dominant high school football team and an individual season or player you've seen in your time covering the state? Same question for basketball. Rob, most dominant team or most dominant player you've seen in the state of Tennessee? 1986 Jefferson County Patriots. Basketball? No, football. Football? All right. All right. Todd Collins, uh, Brian Satterfield, who played at UT. I mean, they had kids all over that team. Um, George Quarles' younger brother was the quarterback. And um, they were really, really good. Beat Gallatin in the state title game. A player, that's easy, Jason Witten. I mean, playing against the kind of competition he played in Upper East Tennessee, it was just, I mean, it was a joke to see. I mean, he, he wore number one in high school, played middle linebacker, tight end. It was, it was the, the true definition of a man amongst boys. And um, you basketball, know, basketball uh, you know, it's kind of weird to say because he never really developed into what I thought he could be or what anybody thought he could be, but probably just probably Jamont Gordon back in the day, he was just so much stronger than anybody he played against. He was on a really kind of a rinky dick team at Glencliff before he went to Oak Hill. And um, he was, he was just a brute. I mean, there, there was nobody, he was six, four, probably two, two ten, two fifteen, And, you know, kids just, I mean, he could, he could get wherever he wanted to go to. If he would have, if he would have ever learned how to shoot the ball, he would have made a gajillion dollars. Yeah. For me, I'll go, uh, you know, the Fulton team with Penny Smith, and um, Xavier Hawkins, Daryl Rollins, and those that, that that team was just so so good. Um, as far as Max classification, you know the Maryville team from a few years ago that defensively just shut everybody down was really an underrated team. Um, that from about three four years ago, um, Oakland was really dominant this past year. Um, uh, you know, as far as individual players, I agree with Rob Jason Witten. Um, you know, it was really, I, I thought here that some of the games between Harrison Smith and 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 um, Dennis Rogan were really really good between Catholic and Fulton. Uh, and then as far as basketball, I mean, I don't know if anybody was more dominant than Stephen Pearl at West, and then uh, Jackie <laughs> Jackie Butler. <laughs> uh, basketball, uh, I don't, I didn't see him play a lot. Just saw highlights. Ron Mercer has to be up there as one of the you know, one of the elite basketball players who, who've come through the, the state of Tennessee. Yeah, Hubbard, was that's a really tall? good one. Was he I, tall? Was I he forgot. Tall? He was pretty tall, yeah. Hubbard, that's tall. a good pull. I've forgotten about that one. And I did not – I was I was in college at the time, so I didn't see Vincent Garbrough play any high school basketball games, but I would imagine there, there will probably be some people who put him on the short list. Yeah, I would I would say. And, and it's hard to argue against Jason Witten. I, I don't know about teams, you know, on, on the on, – because some of those middle Tennessee state teams – uh, you know, or middle, middle Tennessee teams. I don't know some, some of those guys. Um, you mentioned Dennis Rogan, man. De- I, Dennis Rogan was a much better player um, and had a chance to be, I, I thought, a guy who could have made a lot of money. Um, I mean, what, what he did in, in one, really that one year at Tennessee was, I thought was really good. I thought he was a really good shutdown corner. Um, I had a lot of potential there that just was never tapped and, and he, they never got, the max potential out of him other than that, that one year with, with Monty Kiffin running that defense there. I, I thought he was, I thought he was really good. Uh, really good talent. Really, really good athlete. Do what? 
Little Man Stewart deserves a shout out too. Yeah, Little he, Man Stewart deserves a, a, yeah. at least a mention in the conversation. Yeah, he was certainly dominant. He, he, there's no question I, that he was a dominant player. I mean, I would put Witten. I would put Witten ahead of him, but, but Little. So to recap, we've talked about tall, keep people, and a little man. <laughs> and and guys, I couldn't remember their names, right? And you forgot a name too. So there you go. That's that's the saving grace. Is you you <laughs> meant the name tonight as well. So all right, that's going to do it for this mailbag edition. <sighs> The Blue Water Climate Control Volquist.com podcast. He's Austin Price. I'm Brent Hubbs with Rob Lewis. Shannon Blair. Shannon Blair. Hey, he's a really big guy. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a great Thursday, everybody.